In a not-so-stable world, it is crucial to amplify the right message. At the Stream Grace Network, our goal is to do just that. We are adding to our stable of podcasters every month, and we are growing. This is where you come in. We want to share in that growth. If you are a small business owner looking to grow your business, we'd love it if you'd consider allowing one of our podcasters to endorse you, your products, or services. The best part is that endorsement will never stop running in any episode it is a part of, ever. This is a unique and rare benefit in digital advertising. We want everything we do to be uplifting and to encourage positive growth. And we'd love to partner with you. For more information, visit us online at StreamGrace.com or email us at support at StreamGrace.com. God bless. Well, hello there and welcome to my corner of the digital universe. Prepare to dive deep, get real, get close, and find out entirely too much about people you likely don't even know. I am Jeremy Griffin, and these are my conversations. So grab a coffee and get comfortable. So here we go. You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. You are listening to the Stream Grace Network. I like saying it, too, just because it's fun. Um, yeah, if you like this podcast and you want to find more podcasts like it, you can go to StreamGrace.com and check out all of the offerings from the network. And uh, that brings me to today's guest. Many of you have probably heard uh, my conversations with her on our um, Spiritually Wounded podcast. But today we're on Conversations and we're going to talk about her podcast. She's going to be one of the newest podcasters on the Stream Grace Network. Welcome, Rachel Burchett. Hello. It's so good to be here today. It's uh, good to have you. Now, your voice sounds different than normal. It sounds a little different because um, I screamed my voice out at my son's football game Saturday night. Choctaw went to the state playoffs. Yeah. And um, I he left it all on the field, as did I. <laughs> <laughs> Well, perfect. That'll be good. So this will so those who don't recognize your voice, it's that's me. It. It's me. It's actually Rachel. Um, They'll recognize my humor. And yeah, my wit. Exactly right. <laughs> so um, yeah, so you're going to be starting a show on the Stream Grace Network. I am. You excited I'm, about it? I'm like super uber excited. I am too. Very excited. So tell us what it's called. It's called My Brutal Life, and Brutal kind of came out. Oh man, probably about two, three years ago, I was having a conversation with somebody and I just said it, it's been brutal, mm-hmm. but I meant to say it's been brutal and beautiful. Mm-hmm. And, um, in my family, we call them Smithisms. Like you get two words jumbled up, you know, and it just kind of stuck. Of course we laughed, you know, and then I was like, yeah, it's actually kind of been like that. It's been brutal. And I don't know when it we I just kind of started work going through my life and although it was brutal lots of beautiful things came out of it um and so that's just kind of stuck with me that word yeah a mistake but very profound <laughs> yeah well and I think what's cool for for those of you who haven't checked it out you can check out those podcasts on like I said before on the uh, spiritually wounded podcast by going to stringgrace.com and and kind of get some insight into what that really means but I think going beyond that is um, tell us a little bit, kind of, I guess, what, what your plan is for the show, like, um, 
content wise. I think it's kind of in the title, but mm-hmm. um, you're going to have guests and things like that. Yeah, I'm going to have guests. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a story of tragedy and triumph. That's pretty much what it is. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a villain and a hero in every story. And sometimes it's you. Sometimes you're the villain and sometimes you're the hero because we could be our own best and our worst enemy. And so I want to have people on there who have a story that it's been brutal, but they've overcome. They've they've made it through. Not just not just make it through. They transitioned to becoming the person that they really feel like who they are, their original design. And so that's who I want to have on my story. And I already have a list of just people in my world. Once I sat and started thinking about, man, they have navigated some really brutal storms mm-hmm. and look at them now. Look at them now. They're like thriving. They're soaring. They're doing it. And they've changed. They didn't. Now we'll, we'll go through more brutal storms and we'll keep transitioning. But, um, that's that's what I really want to have. I want to give a platform to people to tell their story. Um, and they're everyday people, every ordinary, ordinary people who um, they won mm-hmm. in life. They transitioned to the other side. And then a lot of these people, when I asked them, were like, I don't. I don't have a story. And I'm like, yes, you do. You do have a story. Listen to what you've you've accomplished, what you've came through. So yeah. that's my goal. So a year ago, you were sitting there and you thought, man, I want to be a podcaster. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> no. A year ago, <clears throat> I was in a in a I'm in a counselor's group. And um, they were praying over me. And one of the things the wonderful woman said was, there's a spotlight on you. God's prepared you for the spotlight. Um, You're ready for the spotlight. Well, I was like, at that season, in that moment, the top of 2020, I'm like, I don't feel like I'm on a spotlight. In fact, I feel like I'm just barely getting by because I had filed for a divorce. Um, I was navigating waters I had never been in. I was transitioning to financial things that I had never had to do deal with. So I'm like, I don't feel like a spotlight. I don't feel like there's a spotlight on me. Well, because of the transitioning or the financial challenges I was facing, I was like, okay, God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do for work? What am I going to do? I need to, maybe I'll go back to school. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'll go back to school. Maybe I'll go back to hair school and get my master's instructor's license. And I'll do that. That seems like sense. That makes sense. I'll do that. Um, I love hair. I love talking to the young girls. I love, I love all that seemed like smart, but I could never get a release. I could never get, cause I think God knows if he puts something in my crosshairs, I'm an achiever. I'm going to get it done. Mm-hmm. And I was like, God, I just need, I just need you to, to say yes or no, just say yes or no. Well, my counselor at the time, one, she's like my spiritual mother. She's been with me in this brutal process for 11 years. And I was on her couch one day and I was telling her, you know, we were talking about the spotlight and I'm like, what is that? I don't know what it is. And I'm thinking about going back to school. I need to make money. I'm a hustler. What do I, what do I got to do? And she, and I said, I, I think about going back to school and get my master instructor's license. And she just said, no, well, she doesn't work like that. She doesn't ever give me directives like, yes, no, do this. She doesn't do that as a spiritual mom and as a counselor. It's just listening and suggesting and highlighting things. Well, then she just kind of floated on by the no. And when I left, I thought, I'm going to go back and like ask her why she said that. So two days later, she was in my chair at the shop. And I said, OK, when I was telling you this story about going back to to 
to school and getting my instructor's license, you just said no. And of course, she said, well, you need to pray and ask Holy Spirit what he thinks. And I'm like, well, that's just it. Mm. I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> and you said no. And you would be the one who would know, know me the longest. And I would really take wise counsel from. And she said, you're called to be behind a mic. You're called to be behind a mic and you're called to to talk. And I'm like, yeah, but there ain't no mic. There's no mic. I mean, I used to teach in churches and I have said I won't go back and teach in churches, but that's just me. If well, I'll go wherever God leads me. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no mic. There's no mic. You know, I, 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 I'm, they're not, there's no speaking engagements. You know, there's my chair. Mm-hmm. You sit in my chair, you get therapy, you know, hair and therapy. <laughs> See, that's a whole nother podcast. That's a whole nother podcast <laughs> right there. Yes. Hey, therapy. I don't know. It's in my write notes. <laughs> And so, okay, so I won't go back to school. Well, then we went into quarantine mm. and all that, all the schools shut down. And so, you know, we rocked through quarantine and um, I'm sitting one day and my son Jared says, hey, mom, listen to this podcast that Gabe and Jeremy did. So I'm sitting there one day and this is like just recently. Mm-hmm. And so that when Anna and my counselor told me that, that was back in February. So there's that's how much time and space has gone by. And I'm still asking God, what's the spotlight? I don't know. I don't know what this is. So I uh, listened to the podcast and I texted you and I was like, sounds great. This is, this is so good. And anyway, long story short, I think you text back. Thank you. You know, and um, you, then you texted me. I think I want to say it's, I remember dates really well. So I think it was like November 10th and you, you know, posed the question. I was like, sure. I, I mean, I'm, I'll do it. Didn't bother me. So we did it. And then I'm talking to a girlfriend of mine and she had, she had been saying, you know, I really think you're this spotlight, this platform is bigger than what you think. Mm -hmm. I think it's, she's like, I don't, I think it's big. And I'm like, again, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just at the Harry Coconut doing hair, just doing my little thing. That's my salon. <laughs> I love the name of that place. The you know, Harry Coconut. The Harry Coconut. I'm just kind of in my field. I'm just kind of doing my thing. And I don't know. And so I meet with you and, you know, I'm telling you this exact same story. Mm-hmm. And I get to the part where it says, you know, she says I'm called to be behind a mic. And you, I don't know if you realized you did this. She went, hmm. Oh, yeah. And then it dawned on me. Oh, that's what this is. This is just a mic. Mm-hmm. And then the tension of, you know, telling my story, you know, in this little big town, you know, and you even said you have to realize this podcast goes out all over the place, which is a bigger platform. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, click, 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 click. God just threaded all the the moments together. And, and then I was just solid. This is what I have to do. This is what is before me. This is what God's called me to do. And it's just been unfolding, mm-hmm. unfolding. And so that's kind of a long story to your no, to your question. But even in some of the things that were prayed over to me in 2020, in January, it's actually January 28th of 2020, she even said, Rachel, your life is just unfolding. You just walk and it unfolds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, and I have caught myself saying that, you know, I don't know. It's just kind of unfolding. It's just kind of, I texted him. He texted back. I did this. We And it's just kind of unfolding. And then I kind of chuckle because it's like, oh, yeah, 
it's, mm. un, it's unfolding. Well, as so. you know, and a lot of people who, who listen to my podcast know rest is, is like the central theme of my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, rest is misunderstood. I'm not talking about sleeping until, till noon. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, today I got up at five, didn't want to, <laughs> just woke up at five and I'm like, this is stupid. <laughs> So I texted you, could you come in early? And I'm here because I'm up. Anybody who knows me, I'm up between 5 and 5.30. Well, it's, and, and I, I did, did, you know, discover stuff. I did some work. I did some research. That's typically my my time when everyone's yep. asleep. I'm diving into stuff. But, but along that line, you know, you talked about unfolding. And I think something that I hope our listeners begin to understand and learn is that rest is, you know, I like to talk about a tree being at rest because, mm-hmm. and we may, you know. If you've maybe heard this before, because I on a lot of podcasts, <laughs> we have a lot of conversations, <laughs> we have a lot of conversations. but <clears throat> you know, a tree, you don't, you don't go to the forest and hear a tree grunting and groaning to try to grow. Right. Right. It's, it's always in motion. It's mm-hmm. always growing, but it's always at rest mm-hmm. and it's at rest That's because great. it's doing what it's designed to do. Mm. And I think that, um, this is a lesson that I hope everybody can kind of grab a hold of who's listening is that, um, if you're really struggling and, 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 uh, what's the word, um, not struggling, but striving, striving, you're really striving to accomplish or to, to get somewhere. You're really going against the grain. And, uh, to use another analogy, when I started doing some more woodwork recently, um, I'm new to woodworking. I'm I'm new to everything I do for the most part, except for sound. (laughs) That's great for your brain. It's fun. It's really good for your brain to do something new. Well, I guess that explains it. It's really, really good. <laughs> but but that's another conversation. Yeah, man, for sure. But one of the things I noticed, um, you know, I'm like sanding this wood to get it ready for staining, and I'm just kind of going all willy nilly, and and it doesn't matter to me. I'm just trying to take off rough edges. Then I throw the stain on, and I see all of these scratch mm-hmm. marks, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that's why you you go with the grain because those you know, and that's what happens. We go against the grain, and we start creating scratch marks and wounds and splinters. Yeah, splinters. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I think what's interesting is it's, it's one of the most um, simple things to do to really trust and rely on God. And it's the most difficult thing to do. Very, very (laughs) difficult. It's, you know, it's funny that you say rest is kind of your, where you're at right now. When, when the decision, when I made the decision not to go back to school to get my instructor's license, um, we hadn't gone into quarantine yet. Mm. And I was still like spinning out. Um, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And God kept saying, rest, 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 be still. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I really did not know how to do that because even when I'm still, I'm busy. My coping mechanism is work, busy, stay busy. And and I said to God, you're going to have to teach me how to rest. You're going to have to teach me. And then the world shut down. <laughs> we went into quarantine yeah. and I was forced into resting. And then I got a text. This is why you pack your soul. You, you never burn bridges because I got a random text from a wonderful, wonderful woman early in the morning. Hmm. It was like 515. I still have it. And she said, I don't know what you're going through or what you're doing, but I feel like God wants me to say to you rest hmm. that his burden is easy and his yoke is light. And to rest in him. And of course, you know me, I'm just like, I just started crying and I'm like, okay, God, I'm just going to be still. So here recently, my, my, I've been saying, me and a girlfriend have been saying, actually, she said it to me, your fight is to be still. Mm -hmm. Your battle is to be still and know. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, 
well, when you say it like that, I know how to fight well. Yeah. <laughs> I know how to fight, you know, spiritual battles and I'm going to fight to be still. I'm just going to fight to wait. Mm. I'm just going to fight to rest. And it's one of, you know, patience is one of the fruit of the spirit. It's to be still and know. And that some of that patience isn't doing nothing, but it's a fight right? to be patient and just wait upon the Lord, you know, and let him do what he's called to do. Be anxious for nothing, but be still. Yeah. And so that's the, where I'm at. There's a passage in uh, Hebrews 4, mm-hmm. 4, 11. And I think it's, I love 11. it's interesting because it says, uh, let us therefore make every effort to enter the rest oh. so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. And uh, it says, let us therefore strive, another version, strive to enter that rest, mm. work, effort to enter the rest. <laughs> you know, it's it's this labor to enter the rest. And I think that a lot of, you know, that scripture is often talked about in terms of resting, like dying. Right. And I just don't read it like no, that. No, I don't either. I don't either. <laughs> but I don't I, either. I, you know, I think that's the thing is it is, it is hard work to rest because we have been uh, programmed to not. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, we have a contingent of 20 somethings that listen to this podcast. And, you know, I'm so reminded of, of what I've heard from so many of them. They want to make an impact on the planet. Mm-hmm. They want to, to have, um, you know, be an influencer. Their, their role models are on Instagram and Snapchat and, and YouTube. YouTube mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, I want to do that because right. those are just regular people. Right. And so it's all of a sudden celebrity has become attainable for them, mm-hmm. but it's not, it's, it's a, still a facade, mm-hmm. but, but within that they want to make a difference. And so, uh, you couple that with educators constantly saying, if you don't go to college, you're going to be a failure. <laughs> right. Um, you went to college, right? Mm, I've hardened life of college of life. There it is. Yeah. yeah. I went to, I didn't go to college. Lori I didn't, didn't, I didn't go, to go to college. I didn't even graduate from high school. Yeah. And mm-hmm. see, here's the thing. I'm not saying college is a bad idea. What I'm saying is, Mm -hmm. is that it's not true that you're by default going to be a failure. So don't first don't wear that weight. Right. Okay. Failure is not something that is measurable (laughs) that way in terms of your education. Now, with that said, um, you take that weight of wanting to make an impact. Teachers saying the only way you're basically going to make an impact is by going to school. And then you get saddled. Most of them get saddled with ridiculous amounts of debt. Yeah. And they still don't have a clue what they want to do. Yep. And so I want to just relieve you right now Mm -hmm. of that pressure. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. You don't need to know what you're supposed to quote unquote do. Do. It's because it's going to unfold. It absolutely Mm -hmm. is. I'm 44 years old now, I think. (laughs) After you get past like 40, you stop really keep like figure. You you have to do the math. July 4th, right? Yes. You'll be a year older. That's true. <laughs> July fourth, I will be a year older. Um, that's that's brilliant. And I, you didn't I remember, and no college. I remember. I know. I remember numbers. I used to say I don't really do numbers until this year. Yeah. I mean, numbers have really been that's sticking out to sticking you. Out. But what I love about what you just said is, I have three kids, and Danielle knew she was somewhat college bound, and we kind of forced that on her. And I could tell Jared wasn't. And I remember sitting back and going, okay, God, how do I navigate both of these? Well, mm. Danielle did go get her associates and she's doing wonderful. She's a director at a learning center and is amazing. And Jared went for a while and then I could tell he was switching. And I remember saying to him, there are just some of those kids that know I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a business. They just know. Mm-hmm. And then there's some kids that 
They don't know, but life has things prepared for them. Like we have to have people that work in all kinds of jobs mm-hmm. that didn't go to college. And so sometimes you just take steps of obedience and it's the providential hand of God. You just walk and move and God's going to get you where you need to go. Mm-hmm. He's going to get. And so, and then Jared's ended up where he needed to be, you know, and Jack's were, you know, he feels like he's college bound, but I knew I was, obviously I didn't, I dropped out of high school and I didn't go to college. And it's always been like a kryptonite in the back of my head because of what I feel like I'm called to do. And I'm like, well, if I just had a degree, if I just had this, if I, if I could go back and tell my 16 year old self something, it'd be stay in school because you never know when you go in and go back to college. Mm-hmm. But in my growing process, in my, I've always, I realized that I was always an achieve a, a researcher. Now I wasn't very good at reading in high school. I was always in the reading labs and the reading classes and <clears throat> So I really felt like I could never really read well. Well, God just began to birth this desire in me to have knowledge. My life scripture is like I have the mind of Christ. And I Mm. think we talk about that on another podcast. And what I began to realize is God talks, talks to me really clearly through books, books that I read of just different people. and, And I have a whole library of books. Then I began to realize that God was enrolling me in classes. (laughs) All the different books I read had to do with different parts of my life, different parts of who I was, my self-image. You know, I went through, so I I began to call it, it was like, well, he enrolled me in the self-image class 101. And I began to realize that I, when I changed it in my head that I, I was in school I was in school and Holy Spirit was leading me and God was enrolling me and I was a class of one mm. and, but I had no debt, right? <laughs> I had no debt. I had nothing, but I have obtained so much, not just knowledge, but the understanding of the knowledge I have. And then the wisdom to apply the knowledge and the understanding that I have mm. <clears throat> all through life mm-hmm. and, and then give it out. One thing I'm extremely blessed with is, the gift to talk. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, You're perfect for podcasting. I'm perfect for podcasting. (laughs) And so it was like, he was enrolling me in these classes. I was taking in this information. I was applying it to my life. I was executing it. I was integrating it. And then I'm like, you have to know about this. You have to know, this is what God's taken me through. This is what I've achieved. This is what I know about the brain. This is what I know about, you know, self-image. This is what I know about sexual abuse. This is what I know about being in abusive relationships. This is what I know about addictions. This is what I got all by God being my teacher, Holy Spirit being my counselor Mm -hmm. and he being my comforter and him walking me through. And I didn't, I didn't go to college, Yeah, but I have a hunger to learn and grow. That's why I love the tree analogy. Yeah. We are designed to grow. Yeah. It's inevitable. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, to speak to that, we talked about labor to rest. For those 20-somethings listening, I'm not talking about labor to do nothing but play games and sit, you know, at your <laughs> right, house. Right. There's there's efforts we put forth, but don't feel like you got to get another career. I got to do this. I got to do this. Right. You know, my wife, <clears throat> she's got a fantastic career in the aircraft industry that started because we were dating and my mom had a company and I was like, hey, can she be a receptionist? Yeah. I mean, that's really where it started and she learned how As to do went. stuff mm-hmm. and now she could do anything in that particular field uh, and has settled in a in a very comfortable space for her and and I think the thing is you know just kind of circling all the way back around to this idea that things unfold for you yeah she didn't set out 
with this goal to become a documentation specialist for aircraft registration. In fact, find that major somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> right. It doesn't good. E- good point. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't really exist. Um, but the job does. Yeah. And um, you know, if you think about it, our country has roughly 350 million people in it and the large majority of them have jobs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they're all different jobs. Mm-hmm. Everything that you see a person do somewhere along the line, they're getting paid to do what it is that you see them right. do, whether they're holding a stick in the middle of an intersection, right. measuring some GPS right. something or spray painting wires on the ground. Well, if you, <laughs> you look know. at everything that is around us, somebody made that. Right. Somebody made the fabric in the shirt you're wearing. Somebody mm-hmm. dyed that. There's a. Do you like the shirt I'm wearing? I do. Very classic. Thank classic you. black. You know me. Yeah. For those of you who <laughs> don't know, I, uh, yes, I'm the man in black, like mm-hmm. the new man in black, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's all I wear, but go ahead. I know. Well, I, I remember thinking that as a little girl, everything you look at, somebody made. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, somebody made the tissues and put them in the box. Somebody made the box for the tissues. So there are jobs out there for everybody. But when you're a hustler and an achiever, it's a, it's a, it's hard to sit back. The fight is to just, uh, in fact, it was one of the sentences I said to Jackson is let the game come to you. Mm. Just, just be cerebral and let the game come to you. And that's kind of how you have to have life. You you do things out of your desires. God leads you through your desires. And then you just let life come to you. Mm-hmm. Life has a way, life and God have a way of pushing you towards your successful on your successful yeah. journey. Talk, talk about that and more specifically passion and desires and, and, and following that path. I mm-hmm. want to spend some time there. Well, so from, from, I'll just use my personal story because when I, I worked odd and in jobs um, because I was a high school dropout and he went to college. And so I just worked odd and in jobs and I would drive by this beauty college every day when I would go downtown, I was working um, just, um, you know, temporary jobs. And I was working at a law firm downtown. I hated it. I hated it. Mm. And um, I would drive by it and I'd think, I think that'd be kind of cool to go there. I mean, I, I like, I like all things hair and beauty. I think I could do that, but I would drive by it going to work and coming home every day. And time passed along and he got out of college and he said, what do you want to do? And I thought, well, I really just kind of want to stay home yeah. with, with my baby. And that wasn't an option for me. And, um, I said, well, I think I'd want to go to hair school and several challenges. I had to navigate a lot of insecurities because I was a high school dropout, but God somehow got me through it. And it began to, it wasn't necessarily a passion, but it was a desire. Mm -hmm. I was, I was intrigued by that field. And so as I began to dive into that field, I was like, I really enjoy this. I really enjoy working with my hands. I really enjoy, well, as the, as my career began to unfold, I met some amazing people. My passion became the people, Mm -hmm. not the medium of doing hair. And my passion, I would look at my book every day and I'd think, Oh, I just love everybody that's coming in today. Oh, I'm going to, cause I cut your hair for a while. I'm like, yeah. Oh my gosh, we're going to have so many conversations. Until I started shaving my head. You did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not only, I mean, I would make sure I had enough time to, it would take me 10 minutes to cut your hair, right. but I booked out 35 cause of just the conversations that we would have. And so my desire was 
hair, but my passion was people mm-hmm. and watching people change. Um, in fact, I had a friend of mine say, you need to write a book called an hour in my chair mm. because of just the different, the transition in just an hour that, that women go through. And it wasn't me. I mean, I did their hair and highlighted it and cut it and foiled it. And, but then the God in me was able to stand there and just be an encouragement and to cry with them and to laugh with them and to celebrate with them and to watch them transition in life. Mm. And then I look back and I had kids that I cut when they were, you know, sixth graders and now we're in college and having their own kids and getting married. And it was the people. Mm-hmm. I love the people. And, and that's my life. I just, the heart and passion to watch people grow and change and hair is just a byproduct if you yeah. sit in my chair, you know. Yeah, so many, you know, so many people look for um, that passion to do for a career. And one of the things I used to say, I, I, I'm very, very avid um, paintballer, right? Yeah. So we've talked about this before. And uh, one of my friends in that world was a, a paintball field owner. Uh-huh. And he sold, he, he was one of my favorite fields, even close by. I was like a great field mm-hmm. and he sold it. And, you know, we all hated him for it <laughs> and so <laughs> yeah. because it became a wedding chapel or something. It wasn't like nothing you were passionate about. <laughs> no. I'm like, what can we still play? <laughs> we'll just <laughs> Do be they out mind? back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So, but one of the things that, um, you know, when asking him about it, he's like, well, I love to play and I never got to play. Mm. And so. I used to tell people this too, kind of along the same lines. If you want to kill your passion, do it for a living. Oh, that's a good sentence. I mean, really, that's be- a really good sentence. Because when yeah. you start having to be forced to do what you love, mm-hmm. and uh, it has to produce for you, mm-hmm. um, it becomes a grind. And right. this happens a lot in ministry for people. Yep. For me, um, it's never been that way. And I. There's probably like multiple podcasts to talk about why, but, but for a lot of people, that is what happens. And, um, and in the ministry, they call it burnout. Not to say I've never been burnt out, but that's a whole nother conversation. Like I said, um, but I think the thing is what I've always told people is, you know what, if you can't find something to do that you really love to do all the time, then find something that you can do that affords you the opportunity to do what you love. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, a lot, my son, uh, my middle son wanted to be. A gamer. Yeah. And and probably, in fairness, had probably. a fair shake at that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I found out from my older son how much money he'd made just by completing things and selling stuff virtually. <laughs> and I'm like, not real money. He's like, no, real money. I'm like, you really? He's an in-the-closet genius. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and same for your son, Jared. Jared same I way. Mean, I call him in-the-closet genius. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. But... Um, you know, so I think the thing is like, okay, find a job that affords you the ability to game and, and do that. Well, he ended up going to the air force and, um, really exceeding. I don't know what I can say cause his job is somewhat classified, right? Right. right. <laughs> but, um, but what it, because of his particular role, he has a very set schedule. Mm-hmm. It's, he's got lots of leave that he'll be able to take over the course of a year so he can do what he wants to do. And he's found something that he doesn't mind doing for right. the, for a living. Right, right. And I think that that's a key thing. And, you know, going into this, it's funny, I'm just processing this. Going into this podcast, you said, what are we going to talk about? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it just unfolds. Yeah, I knew what we want to talk about your your <laughs> podcast. 
But I think too, and, and this is something that's so interesting, you know, about you and I and, and what I enjoy about our conversations is typically we'll, you know, this is our third podcast to do and, you know, they're about an hour long, yet we've probably talked for about 12 hours probably. in the process uh-huh. um, and, all, and, and all afterward. I know, I know. <laughs> in fact, I, when I'm like, I don't know if this is on, the, like when I'm telling a girlfriend, right. like, I don't know if this is on the podcast or not, if this is something we talked about before or after. Right. Or I think Lori might have been in the conversation. I don't know. But anyway, here's what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that's the thing, you know, as we get into this, I believe that through these conversations that that people gain some insight, they gain some insight about themselves and mm-hmm. to us, of course, but but about themselves and, and hopefully are encouraged in some things that maybe and, and give them the strength to make a decision sometimes that might be tough. That might be scary. Right. Because when you talked about doing something that you love or doing something that affords you to do what you love one, I did hair from the time I started to the time I sold my salon, I think I had done hair for about 15 years mm. and I sold it and got out and quit for a lot of various different reasons. And I, I often look back and go, do I regret that? Do you know, I regret, regret selling it? And then I went into ministry full time and I look back. Yes, I wanted to do it because it had people in it. Mm-hmm. The people were the driving force. I remember saying, I look when I look into my future, I don't see hair. I see people. Yeah. And I still think that sentence is alive. But I think so. I didn't do hair for about eight years. And then lots of situations happened. The br- brutality happened and it put me back behind the chair. And I told God, because in those eight years, I, I really didn't have the desire to do hair. If you talk to my kids, they'd be like, I'd be like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I ain't going back behind the chair. It was the golden handcuffs to me yeah. back then. But God started birthing this thing in me to go back. And now I know why is because now I'm divorced and I needed, I need that income. But, um, I told God, okay, if this is going to happen, I need these, I need these things. I want to work at the Harry coconut. I want, I, I can't pay more than this um, a week. I want to have the passion and the desire back again to do it. And I don't want it take to take long to build my clientele. And then, um, I got to have fun. Yeah. I got to have fun doing it. And God not only did all of that, but at the time I didn't have a car. Mm. So God had a bonus. He gave somebody gave us a car. Wow. And so I had a car. And so, I mean, all of that within a matter of weeks mm. unfolded. And when I got behind back behind the chair and I started meeting new people, this thing came alive in me again, far more than I had ever done in a church mm-hmm. because you only had the mic once. Mm-hmm. And I, I spoke occasionally, but it was very constructed, you know, it was very, um, no, what's the word confined. Yeah. Would you get me behind a chair? <laughs> anything. We can talk about anything and people will talk to their hairdressers. Yeah. It's weird. The, yeah. Bartenders and hairdressers and counselors and therapists. And I'm, I'm two of the four, three. If you've gone to the hairdresser, <laughs> if you've gone to the hairdresser right before you hit the bartender, then you go to your counselor the counselor gets a lot Man, more information. I'm telling you, I know so much crap. <laughs> but this thing came alive in me to where when I look in my future, I see people changing and I love doing hair. Mm-hmm. I love. And now a lot of people that sit in my chair and we have therapy become my 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 clients, my counseling clients. Like we meet on a daily basis in a very unorthodox ways. So we, mm-hmm. we meet and call, you know. Well, you're. You started unorthodox. I did. I started yeah. extremely unorthodox. And mm-hmm. so um, I, 
so love the passion of people and seeing people change because of how much I have changed because how much has God changed me Mm -hmm. from the girl I was, you know, um, at 16, getting pregnant and getting married and navigating all of those insecurities and all of those challenges and feeling like a high school dropout and feeling like a failure to know, no, I got to know who I am and really leaning into God and going, God, you tell me who I am um, as a woman, as a wife, as a mother. And it didn't come that in that way um, to standing here now, it's people. Mm. It's the God and people that have I've learned from and it's the God in me that has caused me to grow and them to grow. And I think that's how it should be. When you, we are created to do life together. Yeah. We're created to do life in relationships. And so I just, I love communicating truths and wisdom and I enjoy doing hair and I enjoy just watching people leave with a smile mm-hmm. or, or having something that they can take and, you know. Yeah. Make their life better. Yeah, it's funny for for me. Most of my life, I used to call it. I get bored, mm-hmm. and so, um, and I do. You know, like like I've alluded to before, I like learning new things and doing mm-hmm. doing things that I've never done before. And for me, I want to do it at a very high level. Yeah, and that's I put a lot of demands on myself because of that. You know, so it's like um, even like with like building this table in the studio or the rack or or whatever mm-hmm. I've messed with. It's, you know, my wife will walk in and go, oh, that's awesome. And I'm like, oh, it sucks. Here's why. You've said that to me, too, when I've complimented you. you you'll point out the flaws and I'm like, well, I've been sitting on a TV tray or something. <laughs> well, I mean, I remember my first big project was I wanted to build my bedroom set. And uh, and I would get on my elliptical every morning, which was in my bedroom. And for 30 minutes or, you know, I'm just kind of sit, standing there, not standing, I guess I'm treading yeah <laughs> whatever i'm elliptic-ing. You're ellipt- <laughs> and uh so elliptic-ing. I, I i mean I you know that's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, i'm certain it is um so i'm just sitting there and i'm kind of looking around the room and i was kind of envisioning what i want yeah the stuff to look like and um and so i i get out and i do well you know i make a lot of mistakes because you know that's how you learn i've never done it before <laughs> um now i will say the um the first bed I made is now in my younger son's room. Uh-huh. And I definitely learned a lot from that one. It's way too high. Is not is it the heavy one? Oh, yeah. Did yeah. you say it was like weighs well, like... all of them are heavy. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny going into it. I'm like, you know what? Heavy does equal sturdy. And as long as I'm not going to move it, it doesn't really yeah, matter. It equals it's being sold with the house. If you ever Oh, yeah. <laughs> that or just cut up. Right. And just, yeah. I'll just cut it up and burn it. <laughs> I mean, but, but, you know, that's, that's the funny thing about the whole process though, is I want to do it well. And so it's really, mm-hmm. it's one of the things I've told people for forever is that, man, if you love to do something, just do that thing. Right. It may not turn into money for you, but it might, it might, yeah. you know, and, and I've had people ask me to build them stuff. I've declined yeah, because there's yeah. not enough money in the world for me to do it. Cause as much as I love it. It wasn't the money. It was the passion. And, and right. let me see if I can achieve this. Right. You're an achiever. And once yeah. I did it, I was like, okay, right. I'm good right. now. Do, do you know Enneagrams? Do you do Enneagrams? No, I don't know what that word is. It's it's like, a, gosh, I'm not very versed in it. It was kind of like the facets of your personality and stuff. But oh, yeah, yeah. I guess I do. Like uh, I have. I, like there's like nine, I think. I know that nine. I am an ENTJ or ENFJ. That's, that's Myers-Briggs. Oh, okay. That's MBTI. MBTI and, and Enneagrams go 
side by they well they they're two different things but they correlate i have a girlfriend that i want to have on my podcast to talk about to talk about uh mbti nice she's wonderful wonderful you know it's funny because uh the funny i remember being told um about melancholy like the four main yeah melancholy Sanguine Somebody choleric. said uh, melancholies don't like being put into a box. So you call someone a melancholy and they're like, I don't like put, being put in a box. And you're like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's why you're a melancholy. <laughs> I don't like being. Oh, crap. crap. <laughs> that's, I, I like I like my box because it's fun and it's joyful. And yeah, it's you're cool. sanguine. <laughs> I'm sanguine. To the nines. Sanguine choleric. Yeah, that's like such old school stuff. But it's still vital. Yeah. Vital truth. I mean, it's well, it's like truth. the love languages and things like that. You, yeah. you know. I think, uh, you know, and I was, I think I was talking to you about this with the different colors of gift sets and how yeah. it's just constantly mm-hmm. changing. And I think that's something that's relevant. You know, when we study personality ties, we study love languages, things like that. People get really rigid about they do, it. Yeah. And uh, like, for example, my wife is an acts of service person. So she will show you how she loves or she'll show you that she loves you through doing acts of service. Right. Um, I am a words of affirmation person. So that's Gabe's too. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. So, so I'll tell you how much you mean to me and I'll yeah. be long winded about it. <laughs> um, and so, you know, that's the way we also receive love, but it's not to say that I don't like other I like things. Gifts. Yeah. So mine's quality time. Yeah. Quality time. You spend quality time because if I give you my time, mm-hmm. you are so important to me. Wow. I know. Oh my gosh. I, I, I give you my time. This feels, I my, I'm feeling it right now. <laughs> I, I, it's just, that's how I give and receive love. Yeah. And, um, I will make time for the ones I love. I can, <laughs> I can morph time. I can manipulate time. I can make everything work for the ones I love and make sure you get quality time. And then I can look back and go, Oh, I haven't spent time with this one. Mm-hmm. And I haven't spent time with this one. And, um, I love, yeah, quality time and probably words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. Words of affirmation are some, my two biggest, but I, it's like, I, I like a gift every now and again. Sure. Uh, you know, gifts are great and you can take the trash out every once in a while. You know, Lori and I, when we take the test, we both score zero on gifts. Really? Yeah. And it's so, so funny because way before we ever did that test, we decided, you know what, let's not do birthdays, anniversary, Christmas. We just don't buy each other gifts. You, I think I remember that. Yeah. It's it's yeah. just, and, and what we realized is, because I looked at her and I was like, look, if I want something, I'm going to go buy it. Right. I don't want to sit there and wait. Right. For three weeks so that you can buy me a gift. Right. Right. <laughs> And, and then, okay. This is so what I want and I'm getting it. So we're, we're, we're approaching Christmas, right? And my boy's. Uh, one of my sons was gonna is planning on getting me something that I'm getting him, and I just told Lori, I said, you know, this is the idiocy of this whole process <laughs> because he he's gonna be living he lives in Maryland, uh-huh. so he's gonna order something online, have it shipped to me. How'd I'm you? gonna order something, have it shipped to him, and the reason we all know this is because we just talk about it. it openly. Was a, how do you know this? Yeah, we yeah. talk about it openly. Okay. I mean, he just, I just says, Hey, I I says, (laughs) I says to him, um, I just said, this is what I want. (laughs) Yeah. If you're going to buy me something, this is what I want. Uh Don't mess around. Don't, you know, because it's so funny. It's like, why, why spend money on something that somebody doesn't actually want? And you're trying to guess what they want. Well, right. Forget Mm -hmm. that. Here's what I want. If you don't want to get to me, I don't care. Right. I'm zero on, on love language. Right. Right. Call me. Tell me how much I mean to you. That's the best gift I could ever get. Oh, and just spend time with me. <laughs> right? Just spend time with me. But it's yeah. just so funny because I'm like, why are we doing this? How about we just save yourselves a lot of trouble? I'll buy mine. You buy yours. But could you imagine if Lori's love languages was gift? 
well, gifts. Well, I would You'd have, have a lot to, more like, crap. You'd have to grow. You'd have to grow. <laughs> hey, well, here's the thing. I actually, I have to some degree. Yeah. Like I've, I start making this, because there's not a lot of things, like, man, big problem here. Nothing that I do is small or cheap. Mm-hmm. And so it's a process. If I'm going to get something, like I don't have a bunch of little things. I have, I, well, I have a bunch of big things, I guess, by now, but. But I take care some, of my stuff. Right. <laughs> but but ultimately, it's like nobody's going to who's going to drop a grand on something. You know? Right. Or, I don't hardly drop a grand on something. <laughs> you're going to build it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, uh, of course, when I'm done, it costs like twelve hundred. And I'm yeah. like, wait a minute. <laughs> right. <laughs> Should have not Should, done that. Right. <laughs> but no, but I think that's the thing. I've had to learn how to find little things, you know, sub one hundred dollar items mm-hmm. that it's like, oh, you know, like shoes. Now, this was a funny deal, too, because I put a bunch of stuff in my shopping cart on Amazon for Christmas mm-hmm. just so that she could see it and uh-huh. distribute that. Then I bought all the things <laughs> in the cart. Got, I got my Christmas. <laughs> so my shoes get here today. But so. I, what I think is so fun about this part of the conversation is MBTI, Enneagrams, Love Languages, all, if we don't know, have some sort of working idea of those things, even spiritual gifts, we we're a void of figuring ourselves out yeah. and we'll get lost in the minutia of world, our world. And it can be brutal. Mm-hmm. It can be brutal because we don't grow up in perfect lives and perfect homes. I mean, I do, but yeah, right. I did. My home is not perfect. <laughs> yeah. We don't grow up in perfect and we're, we're very rarely raised according to our bent. That's what the Bible says. Sure. Train your children up according to the way they're bent mm-hmm. and then they'll, they won't depart. Well, who does that? Who does that? Um, I think we try, yeah. but if we don't know these things about ourselves, life gets brutal. And I think it, it, I remember very young God saying to me, I say young, I was probably, I was married 18 years old and God saying, you need to become a student mm. of, of your spouse, a student of your kids and a student of yourself. And that was the rope. And that would, that became my quest and journey and will forever always be my journey. Whoever I end up with, I will always, I will learn them. I will study them according to how God sees them and who they are to me and my kids. And then my kids as spouses. And then my, now I'm learning my grandkids. I have two wonderful grandsons because I want to be, I want to know them and I want to know how they are wired, how they, why? So I can be an advocate for that. I can be a support for that. I can speak into my kids' lives according to how they think and process. You have three kids. I have three kids. They all think and they're all differently. Mm-hmm. All three. Of my, if I talked to Danielle the way I talked to the boys, because I talked to the boys sometimes in sports analogies, she would look at me like, what? Because <laughs> it's not how she processes. Mm-hmm. But I have to know her. I have to know her giftings, her love language, um, the way she thinks and the way she processes so our relationship can flourish and grow. And so, yes, life is brutal, but that's how the beauty comes out of it is we go to God and say, why am I like this? Mm-hmm. Why did you create me like this? I remember, did you ever go in high school, like there's all these groups of people, like you had the jocks and then oh, you yeah. had the cheerleaders and then you had the popular crowd and then you had, you know, we called them stoners or, you know, the. I never really fit into any of them, but I fit into all of them. It's called the ravel. <laughs> It's interesting. It's everything else that's left, right? Yeah, I, I I was friends in all of them, and I never fit into any of them. Mm-hmm. I I like to I can camp, and I can <laughs> we would go camping. I'd wash my hair in the lake, but I also liked to fix up and 
get dressed. Okay, God, that's not normal according to this world standards, mm-hmm. but why did you make me this way? Asking those types of questions to understand the confusion of the world that we grow up in, because this world will try to put you in a box. Right. And the only box I want to be in is the box God wants me to be in. And mm-hmm. it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, the, well, the biggest challenge to me for all for, for folks in that is once you've defined your box, now you are afraid to leave it. Like if, yeah. I, if you have a little thing that's, well, I'm this way and this way and this way, which fits this, but I'm this way, which doesn't fit this. So what's wrong with what's me? Wrong, right. And it's like nothing's, nothing's wrong, wrong with, with you. you. It's just you're different. See, this it's is the uniqueness right. of who you are. And, and, and like, you know, and I'll, for, for our listeners, I want to talk about that color analogy that I gave you. Mm-hmm. Because I think it applies to anything. There are three primary colors in the visible mm-hmm. light spectrum. Um, red, blue, and yellow. Yep. And from that, we get billions and billions of colors. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at your computer screen or whatever, and it shows how many, this is old, like way back in the day, they'd say how many billions of colors it could show. We can't even perceive those color differences. With our eye. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's that's the nuance. Now, um, take that same concept to your own personality. You're, you're a very, very, very unique color. And you're dynamic, which mm. means the unique color that you are is in constant shifting Ugh. and morphing. That's why I love that scripture, be the God color. Mm. Be the God color, because it's the God in you is going to come out so differently than the God in me, mm-hmm. because it's it's him coming through us. It's, it's um, how he talks through you, how he moves through you the places you you're going to go to different places than i'm going to go and it's the god in you mm-hmm. i love the color analogy in 2019 my word of the year was fruit of the spirit and i'm like can i just have like one can mm. i just have like joy no all nine well when i when i think of the fruit of the spirit i immediately think of color i think of yes fruit actual fruit mm-hmm. but then the next the first thing i think of is color and i in my journey over 2019, my brutal journey, it was, you know, brutal and beautiful. One thing God began to enroll, he enrolled me in the fruit of the spirit. <laughs> One mm-hmm. thing I began to realize is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, meekness, faithfulness, humility, and self-control. Those aren't feelings. They're energies, right? It's energy. It's God energy They're Yes. They are emotions and emotions are energy in motion and it's the it's the God energy, the fruit of the spirit, the God energy, the God attributes that are in you because he's your savior and Lord. They're in you mm-hmm. from the day you were the day you you said yes to him. And then it's when you get in his presence or you live with your heart pointed towards him, he radiates that color out of you in whatever color he decides mm-hmm. whatever color the god comes out in you and so when i really like want to get planted and rooted and grounded in love because that's what the bible says mm-hmm. and i want the joy of the lord laughter is good like medicine and i want the peace that passes all understanding and i want patience to have its perfect work and i want the kindness of god to lead me to repentance and i just want his goodness to radiate out me and i want to be faithful and i want to have humility and humbly bow before him and i want to live with a balanced self-control mind okay that's just god mm-hmm. and i that's where my heart is going and that's what i want He's going to draw all people unto you because he can trust them with you. Sure. He can trust those people with you, the hurting, the broken, the ones that sit in my chair, mm-hmm. the ones that 
have gone through brutal things because I want to just be the best God color I can be. I ain't perfect. I ain't perfect. (laughs) I got my own. I got faults and I've got I've made some big time mistakes and I've done some janky stuff. And, you know, I've probably said a cuss word. Probably. Well, probably. probably. That's cute. (laughs) That's cute. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. I love Jesus and I cuss a little, you know, but it, th- those things are between he and I and he and I will work on all that. Mm-hmm. But the majority of my life is just being the God salt and light and color, the yeah. God color to the people that are around me. That's why I love your color analogy. Well, oh. and I, you know, along the same lines, you know, I, I sometimes wonder what, what do I, why am I so fascinated with people? Because I am, I'm, I'm genuinely fascinated. That's why way. I can even sit here and have these conversations with no notes going into it, and mm-hmm. hopefully other people find it interesting. I do, <laughs> I, I do. So, yeah. um, but I was reminded of something. You know, I've made my mus- uh, my living as a musician for the majority of my life, like my primary living, I should say. And um, one of the greatest musicians I've ever had the privilege to play with used to tell me he talked about enjoying the sound of a single note. And he said, mm-hmm. "You really got to learn to appreciate the sound." of the instrument making the note. And he's one of those guys like you, you could pick up a guitar and I could play this guitar and I'm not a guitarist. Mm -hmm. And so as I play, I can make some notes happen. They still sound good. I can give give him the same guitar and it sounds great. Amazing. I'm doing it right, right, you know, academically, but it doesn't sound the same because there's, there's nuances that you can't teach. So, he does whatever he does and he, the, you know, the master strums the instrument yep. and it sounds beautiful. And I think that's what happens for me when I'm looking at another person. I'm enjoying that uniqueness of who they are. And I'm just kind of sitting and there in awe. you see them. Oh, yeah. You see them. You take the time. That's one thing I really begin to notice is taking what you just said, your analogy, is each person is really crafted in the master's hands. Mm-hmm. And when... When I take the time to appreciate my God's handiwork in somebody else, I get to enjoy everything that's in them, mm-hmm. everything that's in. I even I'm kind of a weirdo like this, but I even enjoy their brutal moments Yeah, because you get to see how they really leaned into God or they failed and they they learned or they want to learn or they're in they're sitting in the failure and you get to say, here, let me let me help you. Let me give you, you get to enjoy, you get to be a part of the process of their story Mm. that God said, here, I'm going to, I want to providentially move you into this person's space because they're going to say some things. And remember, I made them, I crafted them and I want you to be an extension of my hand. Mm. And I want you to just lay my handprint on them and say whatever comes up in you to say. And then when people are really seen and heard, and it's when God's in you and it's like they just feel so valued and so treasured that it's a, it's this amazing moment. It's enjoying the sound of the note. Yeah. Oh, OK. I'm like having 900 thoughts right now with that. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Oh, my stars. Yes, that's very good. Yeah. Because you could say a sentence and I could say a sentence and it mean the same thing, but you're going to say it differently. Sure. And I'm going to go. Oh, I hear that. Mm-hmm. I heard that. I didn't hear that before. And now I hear it. Gabe has that ability to play an instrument and I hear it. Mm-hmm. I hear the effervescence behind him playing. I had a conversation yesterday. I was mm-hmm. on stage for the first time in a few months mm-hmm. and um, 
I had a conversation afterwards and, uh, the guy I was talking to said, um, he said, you know, it's like if you take a tuning fork, he talked about resonating mm-hmm. and he said, you know, I really resonated with what you were doing. And he said, if you take a tuning fork, um, and it's tuned in a, in a guitar and the guitar is tuned, right. And you, you hit a tuning fork, it's like an E and you bring it close to the guitar, that E note will start to resonate. They don't wow. ever touch. Wow. Yeah. Because, because of that that frequency they're vibrating at is the same. And so it'll start to, Oh yeah. I My knew, goodness. That's why I want to tell you, I need to get excited about okay, that. Okay. So like, like, so okay. Taking that analogy. So when you study emotions, they say emotions are energy, energy in, in motion. And when any emotion trauma talks. So when trauma comes at you, it's energy and it's stored somewhere in your body and it keeps vibrating like a tuning fork. Mm-hmm. When you get, if the trauma in me gets close to the trauma in you, we could have some toxic dysfunction. Sure. However, but when the joy, which I just said, the fruit of the spirit is energy. It resonates in you. It's vibrating in you. It's moving in you gets close to the joy in you or the goodness in you. Guess what's going to come forth. Mm-hmm. All of that, that beautiful, colorful music is coming forth. Right. And that's where relationships are built. That's where healing happens. Mm-hmm. Doesn't happen necessarily at an altar. Doesn't happen at a Sunday school necessarily. I'm not saying it doesn't. Sure. But it happens in when you move through everyday life. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. The, I, good night. This is cool stuff because it's it's actually um, in a laboratory testable. Mm-hmm. And I think this mm-hmm. is something that mm-hmm. I think a lot of people don't fully get. Um, energy does, I mean, alternating mm-hmm. current has a frequency. Mm-hmm. Uh, we deal with it in the audio world like crazy. Because that frequency can bleed over into audio notes and it's literally just the sound of the electricity and you have to deal with that. Right. So it's everything like invisible energy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. And so um, these are things, like I said, that are in a laboratory. You can measure them. You can address Mm -hmm. them. You can cancel them out. There's a thing called phase cancellation in audio that is a really interesting phenomenon because every every let's say you just take a simple tone Mm -hmm. that's consistent. Um, it has waves going up and down. The length of those waves are called the amplitude. It's how loud it is, okay. essentially. But when it comes down, the the further the waves are, the lower the frequency. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the the rate at which it in a like one second, mm-hmm. how frequently yes, it does because, its thing. So phase cancellation basically takes the same note and it reverses the polarity to where when on one note when it's at its highest peak. The other one, same frequency, but it started at a different time, is at the zero point or the or the opposite peak. Mm-hmm. When you put those two notes together, even though there's actual frequency happening and source, it's completely gone and silent. Out. It cancels out completely. It's a really interesting thing. I've only had it happen once in a real world situation. Wow. And it was a nightmare to deal with until I figured out. I remembered this principle that I hadn't messed with forever. Hit one button to reverse everything and boom. boom it was there amazing. Was. But um, that's just going to bore the crap out of people. But it's the same way with color. <laughs> color is the exact same yeah. way. There's, you know, if you want to cancel out yellow, you use purple, which seems completely opposite. Hmm. Cancel, cancel out gold tones, you use purple and blue. So it's the same thing in our lives. You want to cancel out unforgiveness. What do you need? Forgiveness. forgiveness. Yeah. You want to cancel out depression. What do you need? Joy. Mm. It, 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 that's the beautiful thing about Jesus is there is an answer for everything. You just have to get into him. Mm. So there was a book I read um, called The Body Keeps Score. It's the same thing with PTSD. Mm -hmm. They took um, 
I don't remember the story exactly, but the the point of the story is they took um, blood from war veterans and they put it in a Petri dish and they took the blood vials some ways away, same building, but maybe five five classrooms down or something, and then let the war veterans watch a war movie mm. in another room. Guess what happened? The blood in the vial activated. Yeah. Quantum entanglement is, yes. is what that is. Yes. And it's energy. Mm-hmm. And so just because it's separated from us doesn't mean we're not healed from it. So you have to process all those emotions with the wow. opposite. You yes. know what implications that have for people who got blood transfusions? <laughs> well, you know, there's actual <laughs> I mean, stories of people who, who get uh, donor, heart don- donors or mm. I mean, literally documented stories of and one of them is in that book of a, a little girl that got a heart and she began to have dreams mm. and solved a murder. Wow. Off of dreams that she was having from mm. the person that she got the heart from. Yeah, that's a that's a whole other podcast. Man, for sure. <laughs> well, speaking of, we are definitely out of time here, but. But yes, I am excited about um, your podcast starting up. It's going to be a blast. We've got several great podcasts starting on the Streambase Network uh, in January of 2021. Yes, for those of you who think 2020 is finally over and you're excited about 2021, the only thing you can be excited about are the new podcast because it's just going to get worse, folks. But <laughs> it will be a good time. And uh, we want you to check those things out. Streamgrace.com. Streamgrace.com. And you can find those podcasts. My Brutal Life with Rachel Burchett is going to be awesome. And uh, I just want to thank you for being here today, Rachel. I want to thank all of our guests for listening in and over, you know, basically just overhearing our conversation. Yeah. Yeah. A sneak peek into. <laughs> exactly. God bless you guys. And thanks for listening. We will see you next time. <laughs>